you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everybody, before your show, Matt Franchise and Matt Harmon here from the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Harmon, what do we got today? We've got takeaways from week two of the preseason, like what's Jeremy Langford up to in Chicago, and is Tajay Sharp the truth? Then we got an NFC East team preview, fan league update, and daily daps. Check it out on NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcast can be found. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky here. And, Bucky, we have a a fun episode today. Lots to get to. We're going to talk about what we've seen in the preseason. We're going to look ahead a little bit towards the regular season. Some scouting uh, nuggets that we have for everybody at home. I know the rules. I've been told, Bucky, about how (laughs) you're supposed to start these podcasts, right? You're supposed to get people kind of hooked in. Right. Jump right in. No small talk. And that's going to keep people listening. I'm breaking the rules today. Oh, yeah? I'm going to break them because we, uh, we have a man down. TD, producer TD, oh, yeah. who, who, whose yeah. idea it was to come up with Move the Sticks, has been with us through this whole ride. Well, I was doing it solo, and then we were fortunate got you to come on board, and this thing's taken off and done really well. But it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for producer TD, who started the whole thing off. It was his brainchild. He's been with us the whole way. He has, uh, his, he's in high demand, okay? The guy's, he's talented. He's in high demand. You got a 10-day contract? He's uh well I I'm not gonna say where I'm not gonna tell you what you contract he's got or where he, he's going but he's he, got a great career opportunity so did all the basketball pay off is he is he shooting jumpers well for his it, team? I don't know if he's he could be an Instagram model but that is not part of the agreement as far as I know but he does have an opportunity that we're real excited for him but we're gonna lose cool. him we're gonna miss him here on move the stick so I was gonna mention something at the end but you know I I want to start him, it out I want to see him cry through the last episode I want to see some emotion some raw emotion behind the glass so I just thought we jump right to it <laughs> guys 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 um dj thank first of all thank you and thank you bucky as well i mean yeah this is this will be my last move the stick show as a producer i'm definitely still going to be tuning in as a listener this will be you know that'll be my first time next week will be my first time just being a listener um but uh yeah you know so i've been here with the nfl for seven years eight if i count my internship of films where i was just bugging all the producers that were producing hard knocks <laughs> like, hey let me give me some stuff to do but um 
it's been a great experience. Um, definitely sad to go. Just you know, working with you guys and all the stuff we do here in the podcast studio from. From this to Dave Damashek to ATN, even though DJ, I know you're not a big fan of those guys. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I wouldn't say that. I'm, I'm, I'm. No, yeah, you're right. I'm. Not <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So this is my final week here at the NFL, and this, like you said, this is the last uh, move the six show that I will be producing. So yeah, it's it's a bittersweet moment for me. Well, excited do, for the future. We know how hard you've worked on this whole thing. How hard you've worked on everything that you've had your hands on here uh, for that period of time. You've done a great job, and you've been a good buddy through this whole process. And uh, we're going to have you, you know, look, we, we want to see you finish the video. We gave you a challenge to, uh, to, to mimic the Derek Fisher video. You've been putting some, some elements together. We, we still, even though you're not going to be with us here, we'll be monitoring that. That's and there right. will be a fine levied if that video is not completed in the next month. <laughs> and we do plan on, I don't know what the rules are here on people that leave the NFL media group. I really don't care because we are going to have you back on as a guest to check in with you periodically to see what's going on in producer TD's world. Thank you, DJ. Again, I will continuously keep checking out the show once you know with the videos as well on youtube which you guys everyone should be watching i think this is one of the i mean this show got created and you say it's my brainchild but honestly i just saw something that was obvious <laughs> you know a guy like you who's smart about the game and knows you know behind the scenes stuff front office and then we're able to get bucky on in year two it was you know it was just kind of easy to just get started but it was you guys who were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's make this happen. So I think it's a really smart, insightful talk. It's not the hot takeification of sports that we see elsewhere, even though I dove into hot takes here every now and then. <laughs> hot take. Hot but, take. I, you know, it's just in, in, insightful, interesting conversation about the game and all the sports that we love. I, I think it's really, really fascinating. So, Well, we love you, buddy, but I'm a little pissed off that you're not crying back there. But that's uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. All right, Bucky, let's uh, let's jump into our episode here and some things I wanted to kind of touch on, what we've seen in the preseason. Week two, I mean, we'll get to Dak Prescott. That's the big highlight everybody wants to Hall of Famer! Hall of Famer. And by the way, we mentioned this in one of our videos. I, I do want to start this because we talked about he's a preseason Hall of Famer. Hall of Famers get the gold jacket. I say no gold jacket. I say a gold tank top. <laughs> so we can have an all-gold tank top team, which is our all-preseason team. And Dak Prescott, no no question, he's, he's a first ballot preseason Hall of Famer. I mean, he is a first ballot. He walks in as soon as the, the five-year period is up. He walks in. Um, I don't know how you cannot be impressed with what he's been able to do with the Dallas Cowboys uh, as a young player. I know he's been playing behind the number one offensive line. He's had all the skill players available to him. But he's been very, very, very comfortable. Uh, the poise, the confidence, the athleticism, uh, the accuracy and the arm talent. He's done a lot to kind of solidify his status maybe as their number two quarterback going to the regular season with Kellen Moore down. Yeah, look, I, I was going to wait. You just jumped in. Let's just jump into it. I mean, I, I think some of the mechanical stuff he's improved on. When I went back and looked at my notes, he had a tendency sometimes when he's under pressure, he sinks. So you'll see a guy really kind of draw. He really bends his knees a little bit. He gets widened and really sinks. He drops down, and the ball kind of get away from him. That's been eliminated. He's, he has been tremendous in the pocket, very comfortable. Again, some of that's playing behind a good group up front. Um, but he showed the poise, which I, I thought was outstanding, and the ball placement has been phenomenal. I mean, some of the back shoulder throws to Des Bryant, okay, I mean, that's Des Bryant. There's a lot of small window throws he's made in the preseason. He definitely has made, and I think it's interesting. I ventured up to Oxnard, California, where the Cowboys were having training camp a couple weeks ago. I had a chance to talk to Jason Garrett about a couple things, and I asked him about what do you look for from a young quarterback. And he talked about the poise, the confidence, can they direct the offense, does the game look like it's too big for them. But more importantly, do they move the ball and can they score points? And when you look at what Dak Prescott has been able to do on the field with the ones, 
They moved the ball up and down the field. He has played uh, outstanding, and he's made a handful of plays that lead you to believe that, look, if he was thrust in the situation, he may be able to handle the responsibility of being a short-term starter as a young player. Very impressed with him. But one thing also stood out to me when I was up there at training camp. After practice, before his first start, Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott spent about 20 to 30 minutes on the field playing pitch and catch, almost like a father-son deal. And it led me to believe that there's some chemistry between them. There's a trust between them. And it's uncommon for a head coach to spend that much time with a rookie quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback that's a fourth-round pick that you don't really know where he's going to factor in says a lot about Dak Prescott's maturity and the trust that they have between the two of them. It's funny you mention that because I was talking to somebody yesterday that told me that's something Jason Garrett has done throughout camp with him. It's kind of been his personal project. So to give Jason Garrett a lot of credit, I think he's cleaned up some mechanical flaws that Dak had in college, and he's got the guy's confidence at an all-time high. And Scott Linehan as a play caller, I think, has done a nice job as well. So it's been a nice, perfect storm for him. Tony Romo is, has allowed him to get a lot of reps um, through this whole training camp. So, I mean, it's it's just you couldn't draw it up any better. And the only thing that would even make it even greater for his future is if he can sit this year. Let Tony Romo, he's going to be healthy, get him 16 games in, let Dak have all this confidence from the preseason, but then sit for a season, study him, learn from him. That's only going to make him better in the long run. It's only going to make him better, but it speaks volumes about the development of young quarterbacks. When you look at the Cowboys – they have all the pieces around them. A lot of the young quarterbacks, and I'm sure we'll talk about Jerry Goff and Carson Wentz and some of those other guys, they don't necessarily have the pieces in place that sets them up for success immediately. Dak Prescott steps into a situation where he has a talented offensive line. We talked about four first-round talents being on that offensive line. You have another talent in Dez Bryant, who was a first-round pick. You have a talented core of running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, who we haven't seen. But Alfred Morris has been a successful running back in this league. Darren McFadden, another successful running back. So all he has to do really – is drive the bus. He doesn't necessarily have to be the go-to playmaker. He just has to get it to the weapons around him. If other teams were able to take young quarterbacks and put them in similar situations, maybe we see quarterback play improve for the young guys immediately. And so for those that don't know, behind the scenes we also get, you know, we also talk and text all the time. We have the Move the Sticks text chat group, by the way. Everyone has an iPhone, so it's, you know, stays together. Yeah, you're going to get kicked out of that, by the way. All right, <laughs> I'm going to get out. kicked out, out of the MTS chat oh, group. That's you're messed out. up. Yeah. Um, but I, after his first game, I messaged everyone in the group. I'm like, guys, Dak, I'm all in. I'm completely all in. <laughs> but That's all I need. You're, you're, you're a little emotional. That one quarter is all I need. Hey, they said the same when I was, you know, tooting up Russell Wilson. Did you go all did. in on EJ Manuel? No, I, I really liked his body language at Combine. <laughs> Never loved his play, though. His body language at Combine was fantastic, but that's where it No, goes. I mean, look, the, the irony to me is, though, that you, you know, you, TD did go all in on Russell Wilson early. All in. And there are, I mean, that preseason with Russell Wilson, remember how awesome he was in that preseason? It was like, okay, is this too good to be true? Well, it turned out it wasn't too good to be true. That's that's who Russell Wilson was. So TD found him one before. I also and, really like Chase Daniels, so. So, well, you know, don't, don't tell anybody that. Uh, but we're, you mentioned some other young quarterbacks, Bucky, which is going to lead me to this story. Uh, uh, when I'm coming up here some days, I don't want to fight the traffic, Buck. You know this. So yep. I'll get up. I set my alarm at 3.50. I'll sleep in until 4. It's my John Gruden morning. And uh, I'll get up at 4, and I like to get up here and beat the traffic so I can get, I get in here and get some work done. So this last night, it's a long, drawn-out story, but my, my wife had got up in the middle of the night, and she had the shower door had been open, so she had, like, hit her head on the shower door. And kinda, she was fine. She's fine. Not, not hurt at all. But then she couldn't fall back asleep, so she ended up going to sleep out in our, our little playroom area on the couch. Well, so I, 
I just forgot. I mean, I, I get my alarm goes off. I get up. I get my shower, trying to be quiet, get ready. I forgot that she had left. So I'm walking down the hallway, and she hadn't been sleeping. So she just goes, have a good day. I, I Bucky, I, I swear Scares to you, you huh? it scared the living daylights out of me. And I thought immediately, I probably that's what Jared Goff looks like. <laughs> that's what he looked like on the sideline when I saw him the other day. And I like Jared. I think he's got a chance to be really good. But Bucky – Tell me that looks it looks big. It looks big for him right now. He looks first of all, he looks small on the field. And the it just his eyes are big. It just he just he's not comfortable at all. No, he's not comfortable at all. And the worst thing the Rams could do is to force him on the field before he is ready. I think what we've seen in two preseason games, he's not quite ready to be the starting quarterback of the National Football League. And that's fine. And I think what some teams do is they ignore the stop signs. They continue to put their guys on the field. And sometimes it's hard to, for those guys to ever bounce back and recover. What I've seen from Jerry Goff, the arm talent is everything that we've talked about. He can make tight window throws. He can throw the ball all over the field. He can hit receivers at every level. However, he's still unsure and uncertain. What he's not tru- He has no trust right now. No trust in his eyes. Right. See, anytime you see a, a young quarterback double clutching and stuff like that, he's just not trusting what he sees. He doesn't trust what he sees, and he still hasn't learned how important ball security is. The fumbles, fumbles yeah. um, not taking care of the ball, understanding that the ball is a, a valuable and prized possession. He has to make sure that he avoids the turnovers. He doesn't necessarily – have it when it comes to playing winning football now, which is why Case Keenum is the better option over Jared Goff at this point. Which, if you if you get in the wayback machine, you know, anytime you make a big trade, everything goes through the owner. It just look, it it's early, and we this means nothing in terms of Jared Goff long term. I think we both like right. him. We think he can get there. Not saying he won't get there, but at this snapshot, at this point in time, if you were the owner and and you say, wait, hold up. We just we traded all these picks to go up and get a quarterback that you're now telling me is not capable of beating out Case Keenum. Did we make the right move? I'm just telling that that thought. Maybe the conversation's not taking place yet, but I guarantee you that thought has gone through some heads. Well, I'm sure they've had that conversation. I think the bigger thing is if you're on Jeff Fisher and Les Snead's side, what you have to tell the owner. Our ownership is, look, when we took him, we invested in him as the number one pick, that's a long-term decision. Let's not be prisoners of the moment. He may not be ready to play now, but we are confident in a year or two he'll be the franchise guy that we projected him to be. And there's precedent for this. Carson Palmer was a guy taking number one overall. John Kitna played for the Bengals that entire season. Carson Palmer took over year two. Maybe there's a similar plan for Jerry Goff. Remember when it comes to Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher was in a similar situation with Steve McNair. Steve McNair was taken third overall in the 95 draft. Chris Chandler actually started for two seasons mm-hmm. before Steve McNair was able to become the full-time starter. He's done it before. He's very confident in his approach. I think you have to make sure that Jared Goff is ready to go before you put him on the field because if not, the results could be disastrous. The body language monitor did not love, did not love Jared Goff. No. Little head down, slumped yeah. shoulders. Yeah, even at the draft. Even at the draft, everyone was like, oh, he looks so dapper and nice in that suit. And then, you know, number one pick. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Well, look, I, I was I was, uh, you know, I, I was, was a fan of his game. I like Carson Wentz a little bit better. Carson Wentz is hurt right now, so it's not even a fair discussion with those two right now because you don't get a chance to see much more Carson right. Wentz. But I thought Wentz just had a little bit more confidence and a little bit more of an aura around him. A little more, than, little more uh, open, uh, I would say, from a leadership standpoint. He's a little vocal. He kind of sh- 
struck everyone as kind of a, a man's man in terms of his leadership style. Felt like he was a little more blue collar and those things. I think the big thing with Jared is he will get people to buy into him based on his talent and how he performs. And once his performance comes up to standard, then he'll be fine. Then he'll be fine. People will gravitate to him. They'll see him as the guy. And then the huddle, they'll listen to him. The big thing is Case Keenum has been a workmanlike player for them. He's had success. They were 3-2 and two with him as a starter last year. They have the luxury of being able to lean on a veteran who's played a little bit before they have to put a young guy on the field. Paxton Lynch, Buck, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I studied the first game. I was very impressed. Did a little something on, uh, on total access on that. But I have not had a chance to go back. I saw it on TV, but I haven't had a chance to go back and watch uh, this week too, but even just from some of the highlights that you see, I mean, the big time throws, he can do all that stuff. I think he's ahead. Of, he's ahead of schedule. I think he is ahead of schedule. I think he's uh, farther along than I projected him to be. But I also think uh, Gary Kubiak, and this may be kind of the the sign of a shift in the league in terms of people are recognizing that some of these quarterbacks aren't capable of coming in and doing all of the things that everyone wants. Gary Kubiak is putting his young quarterbacks, Paxton Lynch and even Trevor Simeon, in a situation where he's telling them, look, ball security is paramount. Let's take care of the football. We're going to run the ball. Somebody forgot to slide that message under Mark Sanchez's door, by the way. And I think it's ridiculous that Mark Sanchez has basically given up a starting job on a team that's all there. A back-to-back team. It was a career career savior type situation for him. It was all on a platter for him. And he's messed it up. He's opened the door for Trevor Simeon and even Paxton Lynch. And I think if this is a situation where all those guys are close, at some point Paxton Lynch is going to get the ball. Earlier than because later. Because he's athletic. He's shown he has a big arm. And in that system where it's a lot of uh, stretch, bootleg, combination routes, things that are very easy for a young quarterback, he's someone who can be dangerous and dynamic in that system. I think they're trying to take their time to not put him on the field early. But the more that Mark Sanchez struggles – and kind of opens the door for Trevor Simmons, I think it's a matter of time before Paxton Lynch takes over sometime during the season. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, there's some rookie quarterbacks. Let's get into some veterans here. Uh, went back and watched RG3 versus Atlanta. A couple touchdowns in that. Yeah, Terrell Pryor, by the way. No pressure, no diamonds. Uh, there you go. He's yeah. back. He's, He's back, TD. He's back. TD. RG3's back. TD was excited about the RG3 body language after the post-TD. Post I, I was not excited about it as much as I was excited to see it come back, like him just – Doing him again, I, again him RG three being RG three again. I, I don't know if that's a good thing. That's that's the. I mean, he's all he, look. He's always it was nostalgic. He's always been extra. I think yeah, that's that's the thing. He's always been extra, and by extra, I mean like he has some uh, theatrics. Exactly. that he kind of brings to the table that can rub some people wrong. But he's an exciting player, and I think uh, for me, I'm just excited to see him at least flash some of the stuff because he was so bad those last two years <laughs> in Washington. That it's just hard to believe that there were serious conversations about do I take him or Andrew Luck? I just want to kind of see him play well again, so we can at least talk about that style of quarterback again. Bucky, he was he was beat out by Kirk Cousins, who played great last year. I think he was, he was really beat out by Colt McCoy for the second job. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so I mean, I mean look to not, me, look. I I I know. I feel like I know how RG three operates when his his confidence tank is full. He can be he can be effective and productive. My concern is when I went back and watched the game, hit a couple hit a couple over the top balls, hit prior down the sideline, beautiful deep ball, and then had a tight end uh, vertical route where he was able to get over the top to Barnage. Outside of that, 
I still don't see them trusting him in like a traditional offensive sense. It is screen right, screen left, a lot of quick wide receiver screens, get the ball out of your hand, and then occasionally take some shots down the field. But in Washington, remember, they, they did that stuff early, and he ran a little bit. You saw him run the other day as well. But then they said, okay, now we're going to get some more traditional stuff. Let's let's do full full read progressions, and let's start sh- boom, boom, boom. He didn't do any of that. He has that. Hugh Jackson has not asked him to do that. The question is, can they survive without him having to play that way? Well, I think there's a way that they can survive in asking him to play the way that he played at Baylor. I know some of the spread offense concepts, we talked about the bubble screens, uh, some of the run-pass option things where they ask RG3 to put the ball in the belly of the running back, read a designated defender. If the defender moves towards the running back, he throws the ball. I think they can do some of those things. Also, by emptying the formation out and really clearing the sight lines, it makes it easy for him to determine whether it's blitz, whether it's coverage. Um, it takes away some of the double-team opportunities for the defense, and it really makes it easy for RG3 to be able to find the receiver and get the ball out of his hands. What I have noticed is the ball is coming out of his hands quicker. He's not as indecisive as he was in Washington, and some of that is due to the style of offense. This would be a situation where if RG3 has success, a lot of the credit should go to the coaching staff more than RG3 because they're trying to put him in an environment where he can succeed. And I don't know if he was in that same environment in Washington because they were asking him to do stuff that I don't think he ever would have been able to progress and become uh, comfortable doing. Well, I mean, I guess you look at it both ways here. From Maybe from a fantasy football perspective, this could be good if you, if you had RG3, but they're going to start every game down 21 nothing. I, I watched really the, watch their defense really against Atlanta. Yeah, they can do anything they want. Well, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons ran for over. Danny Shelton, I liked him, Bucky. He can't get off a block. He's just hanging on blocks. See, man, and I wasn't because he was a nose tackle. I, I didn't like him to the level that he would be a, a disruptive playmaker in that vein. However, I think he could be a good player. What I saw from the Browns in that last game is they were, I mean, everyone is very generic and vanilla at this point. They were playing off, but – I need to see more physicality from their defense because Atlanta is not a physical team, and they ran the Alex ball Mack, at will. Alex Mack, his former teammate, turned Danny Shelton every which way he wanted to turn. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's personal. It was a little personal game for Alex. There you Mack. go. Going back to Cleveland, being able to play against that old team, the team that, quote-unquote, didn't want him. Yeah. You know who personal. I'm all in on, by the way, watching that tape? I, again, we talked about this before. Don't get carried away with preseason. Mohamed Sanu, the way – I love the way he fills out a uniform, Buck. <laughs> he looks the part opposite. Because Julio, Julio looks that's that's how Julio's you a grown that's man. what you want a receiver to look like is Julio Jones. If you could sculpt a receiver, it's Julio Jones. And there's a couple plays I'm like, is that Julio? No, that's Mohamed. Mohamed Sanu is a big, good looking dude, man. That is a that is an impressive group they have out there. And what he does after the catch, both those guys after the catch are I mean, Julio we know. Mohamed Sanu after the catch is outstanding. Both of those guys were had will help Matt Ryan become uh, to regain his form. Boop, boop, boop. Get the ball out quick. Allow him to throw the ball to big bodies on the perimeter. Expand the strike zone. They can make plays after the catch, and they can turn those short gains into home runs. The other thing that I like what Atlanta is trying to do offensively to help Matt Ryan, they're trying to establish some kind of identity when it comes to running the ball. Uh, Brandon Wiles from South Carolina ran wild against the Cleveland Browns. They're trying to get to the edges. We're seeing the stretch game that Shanahan wants to use. If they can establish Established a run game with Freeman or Coleman or Wiles or whoever else can step into the backfield. It alleviates some of the pressure on Matt Ryan and allow him to get back to playing at a Pro Bowl level. All right, let's go through a couple more things here, TD. I know, TD, we don't have a ton of time here, so I'll try and just get through a couple more. Really quick, though. Colt yeah. McCoy, body language minder, loved him. <laughs> oh, you're big Absolutely on that? Absolutely loved that. Colt, Colt you know who McCoy, loved Colt man. McCoy was Gruden. 
Yeah, John Gruden I, was I, all in on Colt McCoy. I can back see in that. The that's day. kind of that's kind of his guy, kind of an intangibles guy. Of course, kind of his a brother, such a competitive guy. Yeah, so he has some intel. Um, the thing about the quarterbacks and the quarterback position, and I will say this, and I know we did it in our, our position rankings that you have to check out. Make sure you check out our, our videos. All on the, YouTube, by the way. Yeah, the the position rankings and also the preseason division previews where we talked about some of this stuff. What the Washington Redskins have done for Kirk Cousins and, I guess, Cole McCoy would be a beneficiary. When you look at the weapons on the outside, I know we kind of had them down a notch. I'm, I'm, we might have been a little low on that. Might have been a little low yeah. on the risk and skill players because when I look at their receivers, you could argue that they may have a top five receiver. It's just the running back, though. Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Reed, Pierre Garçon, Jamison Crowder. We haven't seen Josh Dawson, but we expect him to be good. It is the running back position, and Matt Jones and whoever is the number two they have to shore that up. But all of those weapons around opening the field, allowing Kirk Cousins to play pitch and catch with those guys, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he's very, very successful. Josh Doxson, by the way, I'm hoping this is not a uh, Rashad Perriman-type deal. Or battle I, I, would like, I would like to see him. Yeah. I would like to see him at some point. All right. One other game I want to touch on here real quick, Buck. Uh, first of all, real quick through Indy. Watch the Indy game. Offensive line-wise, our guy Ryan Kelly, who we both were solid. really high on, solid. Their offensive line's better. Andrew Luck looked great. He had a clean pocket, and we saw what he can do. He's going to have a huge year. He's going to have a huge bounce back here. Philip Dorsett uh, looked nice. They've got some good weapons around them. The Colts are going to score a bunch of points. But the Carolina-Tennessee game, stay with Tennessee in that same division there in the AFC South, it was interesting. We saw that smash mouth. One of the first thing I want to – before we get to the quarterbacks, Derrick Henry – this is the conversation that we had. I know we had this conversation multiple times, yeah. which was people overthink. They overthought Derrick Henry. Yes, they overthought him. Look, he's big. He's physical. Is like, and I think this is the thing. Sometimes in the scouting world, we have to understand big guys are going to look different than little guys in terms of their footwork, their athleticism, their agility. With Derrick Henry, there was a lot of conversation about whether he would have the ability to sequence his moves. I think he's I think he's better laterally though than people give I, him credit I think for. he is a lot better laterally than I even gave him credit for because I've seen him make jump cuts and then put his foot in the ground and go. Yeah. And I didn't know if he would be able to do that based on what I thought I saw at Alabama. Sudden, very sudden explosive. I, I knew he's an explosive athlete having watched him throughout his time at Alabama, having seen him in high school do all kinds of things on the Nike tour. But I am very impressed with his ability to get skinny in the hole and to diversify whether to use power or to use finesse to get to the second level. He's going to be a hammer, and it's going to be dangerous when you're dealing with the Tennessee Titans when you have to face Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter when your defense is battered and bruised and tired and they leave those corners unblocked and they run the stretch to the edges and allow the corner to make one-on-one tackles. All right, we talked about him before on here. We were one of the first – I don't know who people in the media. I don't, maybe we weren't the first, but we jumped on Tajay Sharp early. Over seventy catches, over under. I'm gonna go over, and the reason I'm gonna go under, I think he's the number one receiver. They throw I to think, him every play in the preseason. I, I think he's the number one receiver. Marcus Mariota has already deleve, developed a confidence level and a comfort level with Tajay Sharp on the perimeter. Look, six receptions and a little over a quarter of work with Marcus Mariota at the helm. He didn't catch another pass after Mariota went out. It says that Mariota knows exactly where he is. He's comfortable with him. And Mariota gave him glowing reviews afterwards, talking about he's as versatile as it is, makes my job easy. Tajay Sharp is going to be the guy to pick up. That is the fantasy nugget for the day. There you go. We loved him at the East-West. He was clearly the best receiver down there. Uh, Geronimo Allison did a nice job down there as well. But Tajay Sharp was the best dude. And watching that tape this morning, you're always looking for comparisons. Can I give you one for for Tajay Sharp? It's your guy, Keenan Allen. 
Ooh, that is Reminds a nice me of him. comparison. I think he can play inside, outside. He's got great body control. He great catches traffic control. tough. I think the most impressive thing to me is his ability to catch the ball in traffic, his route run to build it. Sometimes your number one receiver is never necessarily the fastest one because they're asked to do all the other stuff, the chain moving things, the move the sticks routes, nice. being able to catch the ball in the middle of the field. Tajay Sharp has already shown the ability to do that. And what I love about the Titans' offense, Terry Rubisky is calling the plays. They more from being physical to finesse, but they are going to be a team that they're going to challenge your toughness, and I like what they're doing. Mike Malarkey is certainly building the kind of team that is going to stand the test of time when it comes to how you win consistently in the National Football League. My other point from this game is flipping over to Carolina. First of all, your guy uh, Ben Wickery had a nice pick. Yeah, I saw that. that. Got got a chance to get in. Coming off that broken leg, he made a couple plays, got in there. They're they need to play him. with rookie corners. He has to be the guy that emerges as the leader in the secondary. Yeah, he had a nice pick in that game. But for Carolina, having Kelvin Benjamin out there, I know some people said he was out of shape or whatever. It doesn't matter. His game is big, and that's what he is. And they hit two skinny posts in that game from Cam Newton. You won't see more missile than, than what he's throwing. His He has got ridiculous arm strength. The guy was the MVP of the league last year, Bucky. I think he's improved, especially having Benjamin back. And the way he's seeing things, there's no hesitation. We talked about with Jared Goff. He's not trusting. Cam Newton has complete trust in his eyes right now, and he's letting it rip. He is letting it rip, and I will give Dave Gettleman credit for um, assembling a nice cast of wide receivers around him. I'm not necessarily in love in terms of stylistically. If I was building a team, how I would have those guys, but I think they're the right fit for what Cam Newton is. Cam Newton was not an accurate thrower, so what they did is they brought big bodies in to expand the strike zone. Guys that can post Punches. up Looks nice and too. box out those defenders, put them on their back, and then Cam can kind of throw it high, throw it low, and those guys can make the plays. Funches on one side, Kelvin Benjamin on the other. You still have Ted Ginn Jr. who can take the top off the defense. And look, Philly Brown, Corey Brown, whatever he's going by today, he is also a speed receiver. When you think of how they like to run the football and the toughness, the physicality, how they can command eight-man fronts, those big guys are problematic because it's hard to stop those guys one-on-one. One of the other points I thought when watching Cam that stood out to me, it's funny, you can, you know, you're watching tape forever and you, there's different reasons for different traits that you value. And, you know, always we talk about, you know, touch and accuracy. Not, you know, completion does not necessarily mean you're accurate. So it's mm-hmm. being on the right shoulder so guys can run after the catch, giving your guys opportunities to run after the catch. One of the things I never thought about, velocity, we oftentimes talk about being able to fit balls in tight windows, and that's where the velocity is required. That touchdown to Ted Ginn was a perfect example. When you can throw the ball with tremendous velocity and get it on a receiver immediately, especially you're running a curl, you're running a quick thing, it gives them time to be able to roll out of there. And that's another area where I I never, for some reason, I never thought about that. But the velocity, being able to get the ball on a receiver immediately, that's going to give him more advantage to run after the catch. Oh, he has one of the strongest arms in the game, and his ability to put pace on it will certainly help those guys that are catch-and-run specialists like a Ted Ginn. Being able to push the ball down the field. When we talk about offense, and I know we talked about RG3 and what Hugh Jackson has been able to do, kind of putting some of the Baylor stuff in. If you continue to look at the evolution of the Carolina Panthers offense, they started out one way with Rob Chazinski doing a lot of the stuff that he did at Auburn. They've continued to build upon that with Mike Shula. And even though he still doesn't necessarily do all the full field reads, I give them a lot of credit for finding a way to continue to expand the playbook while keeping cam in his comfort zone he's also done a lot of work to expand what he can handle but this offense is a nice fit in terms of the play caller play designer really working with the skills of his number one player which is cam Newton. 
You're you're uh, very lucky because I did have a thought go through my mind. Right, TD, right in the middle of his point, I was going to wait till Bucky kind of looked down at his paper, and I was going to go, boo, and then just see if, and I was going to make another Jared Goff thing, but I, that's, not, <laughs> that's not nice. That's not cool. Uh, Leave so Jared I, Goff alone, DJ. I like Jared Goff. First of all, he's a great dude. He's a great dude, and we do think he's going to he's got a chance to be really I think successful. He's be a guy. Right now, it's a, it's a it's a little bit big right now. So I. I didn't scare you. No, no, you, you did. But I, th- I do think the Jerry Goff thing and a lot of it, you know, like when we get to the spring, a lot of times it, we're fighting to necessarily, I guess, kind of be right in terms of where guys get picked. But in war rooms, it's about the long-term projection. And with Jerry Goff and some of these other guys that are taken at the top, the long-term projection is what you have to stick to that down the road he's going to be that. And because of that, I think this is a great jumping point that I wanted to bring up to you. Have you seen Jadevian Clowney? Woo! And what he's been I know. Doing. I'm try. I'm just crossing my fingers he can give me 16. If because I don't even if he gives me 16 games, I know what I'm going to get. And 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 I know so many of us. I I haven't, but so many have been able to put the the B word on him. If you're watching, if you're watching the tape, there is no doubt that talent wise, he should have been taken where he was taken because when he decides to go and he's healthy and able to do those things he is a house record and against the new orleans saints in that last preseason game and i know people say oh it's preseason hey the stuff that he does changes games and so he will get an opportunity to kind of validate where he was taken with jj watt being out the opening part of the season all right buck we're on it's just audio so nobody can see this but this is what i need you to do all right can you hold both your hands up in the air okay just like this just hold both hands up in the air okay Uh you ready Uh uh-oh Oh, you know what? I have a vision. And in this vision, I have you in a pewter helmet <laughs> with, with an orange top and maybe some white pants, and your, your jersey number looks kind of like a digital clock. And your name is Roberto Acayo. <laughs> and you're having a tough time putting it in the upright. I, and look, I, I, uh, so for those that are listening, I just crumbled up a piece of paper and <laughs> had his hands in and, uprights and, and, and like goalposts, and I threw the wayward. piece of paper way, way, way to the right. Uh, look, I, I got to admit, I so it was a great pick. I did too. With, with the rule changes, the guys went automatic. We said that he would not get out of the second round. I know. We went all in. So I got we got to own it a little bit so far. It's preseason. Now, this one is Dude, I'll say it's preseason. When they start talking about last Nick. show and we're talking about a kicker. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes. Because it was a mental – It was a, it's a mental <laughs> thing. Now I'm all in. He has like the it. yips. We need to have – maybe we bring John Gordon back on the show. And uh, well, don't I stop? TD's not even beer. We'll bring John Gordon back on the show and talk about and, the and talk about yeah, talk about because is it a real thing? How do you it, overcome it, it? Yeah, because because right now I don't I don't this this yeah, guy. I just was there on Twitter. Me. They're doing now. It's in the spot where in Twitter they're updating all of his kicks from practice. Oh, that's a tough space. That's not where you want to be. Tough space for a kicker. But good news is Vernon Hargraves. Breaking left. news: He nails a pressure kick in practice. How oh, about I just that? Found that on yeah. Twitter? On Google, actually, no, straight on Google. That's nicely <laughs> done, TD. Way to get you got to build it one, one, one at a time. He has to get in the moment. I think it's been a, it's, it's, it's been big. But look, I don't care what happens. He has to stick around. Four year contract, one point five guaranteed. They have to come around. Even if he struggles, they have to bring in another kicker. They have to be invested in him. He was a second round pick. You're still banking on what you saw from him during his time at Florida State. But look, it's it's, it's serious. You know what this did though. This significantly scared every other GM in the league. Next year, we could have – I don't care if you got some dude. Can't do it's it. It's money. You nope. It. Not there. You can't do it. Unless he hits a bunch of game winners in the regular season. Maybe that could be a saving grace. But right now, 
But yeah, he, he's killed. He's killed it for his brethren. By the way, I haven't. This is one storyline I have not paid attention to. TD, maybe you can help us on this. Has 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 Mobo got any burn in the preseason? None. We're the MTS Nothing. team. A little bit. We were yeah. looking out for him last week, and he didn't yeah. play last week for sure. Yep. No. Nope. Or it's uh, Boringer, our German wide receiver. It's a big f- uh, friend of the Move the Sticks podcast. By the way, do we still have the sound of him talking about around the NFL? Can you say around the NFL is for losers? Around the NFL is for is for Verlierer. Uh, yeah, no Mobo. Anyways, lot, lot it, was to, nice, it was a nice story. Looking forward though, man. Week three of the preseason, it's almost over. By the way, is there anything worse? Have you you've done Have you done some of the games, the coverage of the games that we're doing on the network? Yeah. There's, <laughs> I I we have so many talented people here, but the one question I think I, I think it was I think it was Rhett. I got to give him a hard time about this. Rhett Lewis, good buddy, and he was hosting. We were a long show. It was like nine hours. We were doing like three different pre and post game shows for all our triple header. And he hit me up with, what are you looking forward to in the second half of this preseason game? And I was like, that may be the worst question as an analyst to have to answer. <clears throat> I'm looking for the clock hitting triple zero. Yes. That's that's what you're looking forward to. Anyways. <laughs> TD, heck of a run, my friend. Keep working on your jump shot and your left hand, TD. I was out there this morning working on the game. Yeah, taking those, I, I realize that at my age, I'm about to be 30 pretty soon. I'm you should have played in the Drew League. I'm not about getting these games in, but I still love the process. Still going through the work. You and Derek Going Fisher. through – Hey, it's just it's just part of me now. So I think you know I think I'm gonna keep doing it. So be on the lookout. But uh, DJ Bucky, couldn't thank you guys enough, man, for making Move the Sticks what it is. Again, I do think it it is one of the smartest things, if not the smartest thing that we do here at NFL Media. And I will keep and continue to check you guys out for sure. And for those listening at home, if you are still listening right now, hopefully you are. Send uh, producer TD a little note on Twitter and uh, tell him what you think of him. It could be something really mean and nasty. That's all good. Uh, hey, or just thank him for getting this whole thing started. Twitter handle is at producer TD. Is that going to change in new employment or is that going to stay the same? No, that's uh, that's going to be it at producer TD. All right. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, TD, it's been a fun ride. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank uh, you, guys. Me and Bucky will be back here next week. The show must go on. It will go on. Uh, but we're going to miss our buddy here. And TD again for those that haven't checked it out. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube. We got a, a positional preview series out. We've got divisional uh, series out. So we've got plenty of content for you to check out on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes if you haven't already. Tell a friend. Uh, we need some. We use some more comments, by the way, underneath our uh, need more comments, more comments. More trolls. Trolls are good too. You know. Yeah, I'm get, not get the people fan. talking. Eh, well, whatever. I like some nice comments. I like oh, random quick note. Yeah. Uh, today is Kobe Bryant's birthday. Birthday number thirty-eight. Way to go uh, out on top. Dude. Yeah, you know, so I, you know, I wanted to go out dropping sixty like Kobe did. But <laughs> TD, uh, you've done a wonderful job. Just push the button that does the outro. <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Where's the music? There she is. All right, it's TD's last show, but we'll be back next week for more Move the Sticks. Appreciate you guys checking us out, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.